0: Good
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, you to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good
0: morning, whether I
2: want it or not? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. <laughs> 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 uh, how's it going, everybody? Happy new week. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. This is the weekly podcast. Dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name's Glenn Cochran. I'm the guy that runs through this same spiel every single week. Woohoo! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ben is my
3: co-host, but... (laughs) Hello.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's off working in New Zealand, of all places. So he's not here right now. Um, but he will be swinging by shortly with Jarrett for that weekly PE class thing that they do. But um, so, you know, people that miss him are not going to miss him. Oh, you know? I
3: hope not. No. <laughs> and Everybody riding in going, get him back, get him back. Also,
2: he's going to be joining me later for the <laughs> well, that's interview. True, you that's true, that's true. So um, hold, on,
3: hold on until then.
2: More of that because we do have a special guest <laughs> on this show. But most importantly, Malzy Begg is here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> From the Melbourne Horror Film Society. Uh, it's so good to have you back on the desk. Thank you. It's good always be fun. Here.
3: Good to be here. Now, new, we
2: record, new digs. We record from a new digs now and um, first off the bat we have to say, the drive sucks. Oh, <laughs> The drive out here sucks.
3: It's so bad <laughs> I'm having to have a little tipple of, uh, of fireball right now just to, because I walked in and I Pretty downcast mood I started off the drive The two hour <laughs> something drive Like really up and about And I was sending messages on the way Going yeah 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 Just got my hair did So you know I'm feeling pretty Pretty fantastic And then yes it, I just went downhill You downhill, walked in pretty downhill, aggro Downhill downhill Yeah <laughs> Let's
2: be honest I did you, You've managed to pick yourself up Yeah that's always a, not, Always not a
3: bad... that's, a, that's, that's the good That's a good part of being really moody A real <laughs> moody bitch You know Like you yeah. just like It's, it's you know what goes down must come up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope that doesn't apply to right oh, now. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. Because it is very early in the morning it, for us to Ill, be drinking. Oh, yes, it is. After That's right.
3: Long I'm, weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that we have a guest on this show. I'm pretty excited for this one. Um, but here's the deal. this um, One of the most controversial movies of this year, I think you would say, and the most ludicrous movies at the same time is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and mm. Honey. Um, so, coming up a bit later, we're going to talk to the director and the writer of that one, um, Reese Waterfield. So, it's a really good chat. Um, this
3: movie's been getting all kinds of heat.
2: Like all kinds of heat, it's protested all over the world, which is hilarious.
3: I only heard good things, but that's probably the circles that I run yeah. in. <laughs> I,
2: I'm going to talk about that a little yeah. bit, bit later on. I was I was a fan of it. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, hang around. We're going to talk to him about that. But welcome to our new listeners. Also, um, we love having new listeners on the show. It's always a it's always a absolutely I'm a trust whenever we do. Um, so we hope all of you get a kick out of this as much as we do. Tell your friends. Yep, we're on social media, so <laughs> share us as well. Go and support us and what we do. Um, uh, like, follow, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. You know, I say it every week. But if you're a new listener, you don't know that. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the show, uh, we do lots of, what else to do? Bonus video content every week on our social media pages. There's links and tabs to all that on our website. So go to goodmoviemonday.com and, and that's all you have to do. I also present another podcast, Midweek, which is uh, Wednesday Up Late with Chloe Ritchie. It's a different kind of show to this one and a lot of fun. So if you like the sultry Sound of my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a Wednesday night uh, fling is a good thing. (laughs) But anyway, Melzi, we've got you here. So let's talk about Melbourne Horror Film Society. Let's. Firstly, we'll start off with where can people find it?
3: Uh, The socials. Yeah. Not TikTok, but everywhere else (laughs) you can pretty much find us at Melbourne Horror. Um, We've also got a Discord channel. Yep. community I always uh, like I never really know exactly if it's a channel or a well you, you know, know what like you I think it's to, a channel
2: we haven't got Ben here right now so you can say Discord comfortably oh yes yeah. I
3: can yes yes <laughs> and not be how I I get on for that. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you anyway. Just in case, Ben, if you're listening, is <laughs> we'll go through it again. Uh, message us, and Ben, you'll most likely get me, so it's nothing to be scary of. Not that anybody else that runs the Melbourne Horror so, Film Society Discord, is, is at, at all concerning. But um, yeah, you can send us a message, get a link to the Discord. Um, lovely people on there. We've had a lot of giveaways, like movie giveaways, um, lately. So we've had some that have been just just. For the Discord community. Awesome. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then our website is org. Amazing. And anyone could be a member. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. What have you got going
3: on? Well, so we have just done two screenings this month. Uh, we had The Uninvited last Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was another Packed Plus house. I've noticed.
2: I've noticed it's it was, amazing. It to was see.
3: it was full and then we put six seats you know, like six seats out the front. So um yeah. Great! I didn't stay for that one. Oh no! Um, <laughs> only because it's too upsetting. It's too amazing. It's too affecting. to and I've seen it before, and and I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved yeah. it. But I just don't need to put myself through that that trauma again. So yeah, there's
2: been there's um,
3: been a few that you've had to well, sit The last out two, on. literally the last two screenings <laughs> have been yeah, and I'm like, and people are kind of. Probably like, and there have been quite a few new regulars that, or new sorry, new members. The last two screenings, they're probably thinking, "Yeah, this girl, actually, a funny, (laughs) a funny one." So when I when I left the um the February screening, I think I walked out of the cinema white, like traumatized, Mm -hmm. and um. And the, there was a new guy working behind the bar. We do our sc- Tuesday night screenings at Long Play in Fitzroy North. And there's kind of a new guy working behind the bar and he was like, I mean, they just looked at me and they were like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, not really. And, um, and then they may or may not have told me uh, a little dodgy place to go to to maybe get something to uh, have a little uh, outside smoker yeah. break um and um and then when i came back in he was like oh yeah a few people told me what the movie was about tonight and jeez it sounded i was like yeah i'm just it was too much for me he fucked me up and he goes oh have you been to one of these before <laughs> <laughs> and i just like kind of just like laughed and went, like, i'm one of the organizers <laughs> and he was like Oh <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That was very funny. Like, yeah, out. I've been to a few. And I did know what was coming and I knew that it was probably gonna fuck me up. But anyway, so what's gonna fuck me up less? Oh, also, mm. um our last screening at True North, we showed Phantasm. And it was my first time. It was my it was my first Phantasm experience. Let's talk about that and for a uh moment. oh Yeah, what'd you think? I didn't I didn't know at all what to expect. Yeah. Like I kind of knew, like obviously I've seen, you know, I kind of knew Tall mm-hmm. Man and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I just, I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't really think it was going to be
2: up my alley
3: or oh, something. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. I just yeah. hadn't really been attracted to it. Sure. Oh, I loved <laughs> it. Oh, I loved it. Everything about it, yeah. and there were a few people there. I mean, uh, quite a few people had seen it. A lot hadn't seen it for many, many, yeah, many yeah. years. Um, uh, one of the regulars came up to me afterwards, and he was like, um, "What did you think?" And I was like, "I loved it." And he was like, "Yeah, me too." And we <laughs> both said the same thing. I didn't think I, I didn't think mm. I was really going to be it's into a, it, and the music yep. that it was actually. Everything about it I yeah, love. Absolutely. And it's a yeah. really
2: unique horror film because at that time everything was trying to be like everything else. Yeah. And that film kind of stood out as something different. Yeah. It kind of does venture into the Nightmare and Elm Street realms, but probably more so in the sequels.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, it predates Nightmare and Elm no, Street. No, it does. So. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, the... that
2: genre of fantasy, yeah. you know. Got the other worlds and all this kind of stuff, but like,
3: and he was like twenty two years old or something like that when he made it. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, and you know, there were there are some like hokey things about it or whatever, yeah. but it's like it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing, a
2: fantastic low budget film. And as you probably know, for part two, they put a massive budget into it. Yes, they recast yes, the yes. The main character. Yeah, and then. Well or the original I, back for number three. I heard I heard yeah.
3: after the screening, yeah. It's a and I'm, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch them all definitely. Yeah, cool. Um yeah, it was awesome. I absolutely loved and it. Known in
2: Australia at the time as the Never Dead. Yeah. yeah such, uh, that's that's cool. right,
3: because I was like, I was making some uh, I was, you know, cracking some jokes with people when everyone was asked if they'd seen Phantasm. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, well if they'd seen the Never Dead, and I'm like, well, who's seen the Phantasm? you know, the reason that it got yeah. called The Never Dead because of some, like, soft core porn, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, fantastic, like... which I
2: think Umbrella put out on DVD. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually wrote a script that I tapped into that kind of trend of that name and I called, oh, yeah. I called mine The Nearly Dead. Oh, yeah. All about old people. It's like <laughs> – it's a horror movie in <laughs> a nursing home. Anyway,
3: I digress. Um, anyway, so – what we have coming up yes. um, on Saturday, April fifteenth. So this is back at True North in Coburg. Yeah. We've got. I'll be showing Dead and Buried from nineteen eighty one, which is like one of my. I absolutely love it. I was kind of put on the spot at the Phantasm screening to pick one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Well, uh, yeah, but that's something that I'm like the really the only thing that I can think of with like that I don't have to rewatch. I don't, you know, like I'm yeah. just one hundred percent certain on it. But anyway, but I've gone from. I wasn't going to be attending the next screening, too. Now I've chosen it and I have to present it. But anyway, <laughs> that's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's totally fine. Um, so that's directed by Gary Sherman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Tuesday, April 22nd, so it's not the last Tuesday of the month because that's Anzac Day, so the Tuesday before. Um, We'll be showing Tales of Terror from 1962, so directed by Roger Corman, starring mm-hmm. Vincent Price and Peter Laurie. Amazing! And yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's super uh, fun. That's
2: a real good retro screening. That yeah. one, yeah, yeah. wicked. Yeah. So before we um, just give that website one more time.
3: MelbourneHorrorFilmSociety
2: dot org. There you go. So pencil those in, people. Uh, let's uh throw to you want you want to sit out for this next one because sure. um, I think Jarrett and Ben are going to come in and. <laughs> and <have a> chat. <laughs> Hey, how's it going, everyone? Uh, this is a this is a fun episode, <laughs> don't you reckon? Um, it's always fun having Melzi on the desk, but this is where I actually stop and talk about Newsly. Uh, Got to spruik it. Uh, they support us, so let's let's support them. It is the super app. Get it on your phone by now. I assume you all listen to us through the Newsly app, um, but if you don't then please do. Uh, so, it's a super app and it not only do you listen to all the podcasts, but uh, you can listen to all the news from around the world. It takes the highest trend in news articles from around the world, over 80 countries in fact, and it will curate them to your liking, whether it's uh, current affairs, music, it could be theater, it could be religion, it could be politics, whatever. Uh, Newsly has you covered. It's a free app. But here's the beauty: you can get an entire month of free premium service. That's an extra thing they do, and we have a code for you. So if you go to Newsly.me, punch in the code Monday without the O, so M N D A Y. Get yourself an entire month of free premium service. You won't regret it. And um, now, now we can we can get on with the show. Uh, <laughs> it's the, yeah, more drink for me. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Even when you're uh, not on the show, Ben, you're never far away from the mic. How are you going, mate?
4: Good, mate. Good. How are you? How's, uh, how are things in uh, sunny Melbourne?
2: Uh, I don't know if I'd call it that right now, but, you know, not too bad. <laughs> how are things over there in the, was it, the land of the long white cloud?
4: It's good. Good. Like, the weather has been uh, outrageously good. I did not pack appropriately.
2: <laughs> and what about you, Jared? Jared is here, by the way, for his PE class. How are you, sir? he can't hear me
5: <laughs> oh hey there you go yeah no the uh the old <laughs> air, the old air are, are cutting out and uh i could literally hear ben down the hallway talking and i'm like mm, i think this is my time to chime in but yeah the uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know the internet the internet's not so great i don't know if it's new zealand as a whole or whether it's just in fact the airbnb in which we're staying but did you just call new zealand a whole no, as a whole, oh, not, okay. not not the whole. No, it's a beautiful, beautiful place full of exceptional talent, and <laughs> uh, and the occasional good find at a thrift store.
2: Excellent. <laughs> now, before we uh, launch into the whole um, PE class part of this segment, have you guys seen the
5: uh, what's going on over at the Blockbuster website? Yeah, so they're going to potentially open a few new actual outlets again in Los Angeles and New York, was it? I don't know what's going on with it. Is that what it is? Is it an online service? Like, no, I think I I, what I read like about a week ago, which was rumored is that they were potentially actually opening some bricks and mortar stores once again, Uh, but in key locations, obviously Los Angeles and New York. But yeah, it's an interesting turn. But as to whether they decide that they'll go digital as well and offer a service that's already offered by Apple, Google, every other, you know, current VOD mm-hmm. platform. But I mean, if they do a bricks and mortar thing, that's terrific because it almost feels like we're at a time where you could bring these stores back and they could be renting boutique label stuff because this stuff carries such a premium sort of ticket price you can't blind buy everything so having the opportunity to button and try before you buy could be fantastic and then the only
2: yeah
4: i was gonna say the only problem with it would be when those things sell out from the
5: boutique labels Uh people are going to start
4: pinching them from the video library (laughs) yeah
5: they might they might have to do that 100 hundred dollar deposit thing again you know on that on certain titles
2: and in similar news, like now that Sanity have closed all of their stores, their online presence is turning into an Amazon kind of thing where you can buy lampshades
5: and shit like that. Ah, that's terrific. There yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> D- diversifying the business. I guess if you're just operating out of a warehouse and even doing drop shipments from other companies, it's possible to do virtually anything. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. strange to think that the only main competitor outside of Amazon is Sanity to JB within Australia. And the only one that's got a bricks and mortar store is JB. Mm. So yeah, what that spells, hopefully with Sanity going online, they might be able to do more retailer exclusives and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fingers crossed because yeah, keep the physical media alive as long as possible here in Australia and and offer unique product as well. that, That would certainly help this segment. Oh, I don't otherwise it's <laughs> what's hot on home entertainment in the United States this week <laughs> yeah. take it away yeah. sir well I just want to raise some news some titles that are coming out now Paramount's going to be releasing Scream 6 and they're going to be releasing it on 4k Blu-ray and DVD so it's good it's actually getting a 4k release I mean this movie's made mega money it's the most successful film in the franchise at the box office to date now which is incredible Considering it's a sixth installment, of course, other franchises like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, you know, they were pretty much on their last legs by the time they released, got to their sixth installment, and the budgets for each film got significantly reduced as the grosses at the box office reduced. But in this case, they just keep, you know, upping the budget on this one. Hopefully, with Scream 7, they're able to afford to pay Neve Campbell the rate she deserves to come back and do the movie. Maybe that. Maybe it proves she's not needed well i don't know man there was something missing from six i really enjoyed it but i don't know There was something missing and i, I kind of have a love hate thing with neve campbell i think it dates back to party of five but anyway that's hitting all <laughs> the formats june 7th and then hitting uh home entertainment that very same date is that new dinosaur actioner with adam driver 65 and sony are actually going to release that on 4k blu-ray and dvd as well so it's it's good because at least Sony seem to be one of those few labels out there that are still giving a chance to 4K Ultra HD, even if the film hasn't performed exceptionally well. The box office are willing to give it another chance on home entertainment, so hats off to them. Ben was talking about wanting to see 65
2: before he left for New Zealand. Did you get a chance to, mate? I did not, no. Oh,
5: bugger. No. And he had I a free double pass and everything, but but you, you pretty much worked ragged leading up to New Zealand and, and between both of us we'd had, what, one day off between finishing like a six day working week and then going into another six day straight working week? Straight into
4: it. Yeah, yeah well, I think we've done,
5: uh, what, so
4: 13 days straight? something like that
5: yeah we were trying to work out when we had a day off because we've been not only doing the monster thing and not only shooting behind the scenes of a film here in new zealand but then we've been working on some special features for a release that we can't talk about yet but next week we can fully talk about because the label that's releasing is going to announce it tomorrow on tuesday as far as we know i think that's that's the plan so next week we can tell you all about it and tell you way more than they're likely to let you in on But yes, 65. Haven't had a chance to see it yet, Uh, but it's good that it's coming out in all the formats. I definitely want to check it out. It looks a bit like Leave Your Brain at the Door, fun, sort of sci-fi. And then June 21st, the fourth installment in the John Wick franchise is coming out on Home Entertainment, John Wick Chapter 4. And again, it's getting released on 4K, Blu-ray and DVD. So it's glorious to be talking about three upcoming releases that are actually going to get released on all the formats, not just (laughs) DVD. So yeah, some things to be excited about in the foreseeable future and all new release films as well. But as for this week, guys, what is coming out this week on Home Entertainment? Ben, a release that you've been sweating on. It's been available (laughs) from the Umbrella (laughs) web store, but now it's gone to retail. It's in stores across Australia. It is... Box of Burt. take it away.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I think I think I've talked about it a couple of times on the show before. This this contains five films on four discs. Comes in a lovely uh, box set. Uh, it did. It does feature inside in a couple of places. Lovely naked Bert, uh, Bert Reynolds. Uh, the films in the box set include uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Cannibal Run One and Two. Uh, 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 the man who loved women. Stroker Ace, Stroker Race and the man who loved women. I was gonna, in my head, I was gonna say six pack, but that's a different race, car racing movie. That's that's uh, that's Kenny, Kenny Rogers, isn't it?
5: Kenny Rogers, yeah. No burnt <laughs> sight. Give us a Kenny uh, Rogers he, box set umbrella. Yeah. The Gambler, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. You got to know <laughs> how to and open them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, 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 and the funny fat. thing is, the funny thing is,
4: is that uh, in in uh, Stroker Race, he gets sponsored by Ned Beatty's chicken company, and then later on, Kenny Rogers would open Kenny Rogers chickens, which is kind of what the Ned Beatty thing is kind of a joke, a piss take takeoff. Anyway, um, how meta? How meta? Yeah. Uh, Stoker so uh... Chokes his chicken <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Each release is jam-packed Full of extra features uh, We've got uh, that comes with a Fancy Pants booklet uh, That was uh, All written by uh, John Harrison uh, A friend of ours um, There's uh, Video essays One of which You Jarrett edited uh, On uh, On the cross-country races That's on the Cannibal Run discs From um, sea to shining sea That's That's right <laughs> uh there is audio commentaries from mondo digital's uh nathaniel thompson uh, adam devlin uh does a commentary for us uh craig safola uh the uh <laughs> uh on on uh youtube i think he goes by the name of um gator mccluskey which is actually one of burt <laughs> reynolds characters yeah uh, in uh, in the film gator and white lightning uh he does a whole bunch of making ofs which are fascinating and hilarious they're really well put together so it's jam-packed full of stuff it comes with a bumper stick if you buy it from the umbrella web store that is if you get it from jb you just get the the box but if you um buy it from the umbrella web store you get a bumper sticker and a air freshener that uh from what i understand (laughs) we we said it was the musk the musky smell of Bert, but uh, I'm not actually sure what it <laughs> smells like <laughs> I, I, I as as of yet I have not actually received my copy so I'm not really sure what the uh the mm. air freshness smells like but it uh, comes with a couple of posters the, it's a fantastic release the, the response to it on the internet has been uh phenomenal yep uh, uh and hopefully it leads
5: to a uh, box of Bert too.
2: that'd be amazing
5: that would be amazing so that's and, it? And endless boxes of bird. No, no, there's a couple other releases coming out. Of course, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey's hitting Blu-ray and DVD. You've just done an interview recently with Reece. Uh, and, He's on today's like, show. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. And are you in, you in on that interview too, Ben? Is it the three of you I, together? Yeah.
4: I certainly am, and I think... From memory, in that interview, all the three of us are looking in different places.
5: Yeah, we are. (laughs) We talk to each other. (laughs) I do remember. I did an interview with Reese, and he'd set it up, and he's like talking like this the entire time. Well, are you using the video? No. No, That
2: that video that we recorded went up online a month ago, but the audio is dropping into the show just uh, to help push the uh, the home release sale. Uh we'll also have um some people behind that new Grinch horror movie later on in the year Ben.
5: Ah, yeah, right. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah, the, the guy that one. plays
2: Art the Clown in Terrifies in that one, so he'll be on the show and we'll get a few others.
5: Awesome, awesome. And then the last one I want to mention that's coming out from Umbrella is the Young Guns 1 and 2 double packs, They're both films together. Pew pew, damn. The, um, budget price release which is which is quite nice. And then the only other distributor that's worth mentioning releasing titles this week's ViaVision. And they're putting out a Michael J. Fox triple set of some classics. The Secret of My Success, The Hard Way, which I love. And then the last one, For Love or Money, or as it was known in Australia, The Concierge. Yes. Uh, And then the other release they're putting out is Mr. Baseball on Blu-ray and DVD with everyone's favourite Tom Selleck, the other chap with a beautiful moustache from the 1980s. And it was that... directed by Fred Skepsi as well. Yeah, so it was, cool. and they've kept yeah. that original poster art on the DVD, which uh, I like. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. I'm I'm definitely due to rewatch that one for sure. I, I want to pick up that Michael J. Fox set because I I've got the hard way on Blu-ray, but I would probably need the other two on Blu-ray. Because what was the name of the female lead from the concierge? Ben. She was from Sen of a Woman*, it's wasn't a- it?
4: Yeah, Gabrielle Anwar from Invasion of yes. the Body Snatchers and, and Press Gang and, uh,
5: and Burn Notice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely. And and from memory, she's a high class escort, and he's a bellboy, isn't he? Uh,
4: he's the, he's the concierge. She's no, she's um.
5: <laughs> no, I know. I just But how how, not much, an how better a film would Was that be? Yeah, the, the for love or money would have made sense as a title. Yeah. She's,
4: but she's, she's very classy. She just happens to be banging a married man
5: uh, yeah. uh, who's a lot older than she is. Of
4: a tale as old as
5: time. <laughs> Beautiful. But that's it. That's all the releases that are worth talking about this week on Home Entertainment. And, yeah, look, to be honest, there's quite a few I want to grab. I've got a box of Burt waiting back in, at home in Australia, and I can't wait to get into it because... I honestly haven't seen some of those films for many years, and I really want to check out all the special feature content and and pour through the booklet. It's like a thirty-two page booklet. It's it's beautifully designed. It looks like a fanzine or something. Was it? Who put that together? Was that a Matt O'Neill sort of production or? It certainly was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matt and I put that
4: together um, uh, to make it look like a a fanzine. Yeah, that's exactly correct yeah I just and I do want to say just just going back to the concierge and slash for for love (laughs) of money if it wasn't for if it wasn't for attractive younger women wanting to sleep with you when you're older and have a lot of money there'd be no point to either getting older or earning a lot of money (laughs) you just just wouldn't bother I know know it's not politically correct but you might as well kill yourself when you're 30. Uh, what's the point yeah because this
2: uh, this, this DVD collection's not going to sell it
5: yeah <laughs> check out my box of bird <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. it's musky
5: <laughs>
2: all right lads I'm going to let you get on with your day and we'll get on with the show um, yeah keep enjoying yourselves over there awesome
5: we will do see you mate will do
2: All right, Malzy, all right, you're back. I'm back. i <laughs> come yeah. back. So Jarrett was talking uh, at one point there about Scream 6. That's, this is a good opportunity for us to talk about Scream 6. Isn't
3: it? Because we didn't get to. No, so yeah. you did
2: come to the screening with Ben and I. It's I been did. out for quite a while now. In fact, it's, it's, as Jarrett was saying, it's going to be hitting home entertainment soon. Yeah. But it is the highest grossing in the entire franchise. Yeah. It's the first one that shifts to a different location. Yeah. Like yeah, Canada.
3: Location. Yeah. <laughs> Like every good Friday the 13th in Manhattan does. That's
2: right. (laughs) Supposedly it's in New York. You don't see much of New York in it. No. But I I so appreciated that change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to me that made all the difference. Yeah,
3: no, it was, yeah. Because in
2: my mind I was in New York. Yeah. Whether it looked like New York Uh, or not. Well, I
3: mean, it's pretty much only in which uh, Jason Takes Manhattan did the same thing, but it's the alleyways that fuck it up because New York doesn't have alleyways. Yeah, not, not
2: only that. The subway, when it's that obvious too, like yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it well, we've like really got to yeah. kind of have a hallmark. Yeah,
3: but I mean, what a set piece though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, oh, that scene was incredible. So,
2: I really, really like this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Right? I really did. And I like it more now in retrospect than
3: I did when we saw it. Oh, it's funny that you say that.
2: Yeah, same with you. Yeah.
3: I um, I I really enjoyed it, yeah. but I mean, as I've spoken about on the podcast before, yeah. Part like five was or a scream twenty twenty two or whatever which had was, the v, it had every opportunity to be a five but yeah. anyway um, it, it I was so emotionally um, impacted yeah, by yeah. that and bawled my eyes out because I had such a connection with the original mm-hmm. characters um, but in saying that I loved all the new characters and I didn't think that anyone should come back. Like, I didn't think that the original should come back. I thought it was their perfect yeah. ending. Handball. They passed the baton, yep. you know, literally and figuratively. Um, And so in saying that, it, it was my goodbye to them, which, yep. I mean, it ended up being two out of three, correct. <laughs> and I must say, and I didn't think that any of them should have come back because I thought, no, we need to give I it. Agree. But but I think that, oh, and there were a couple of, you know, like, um questionable things and that's probably why – so seeing this one, <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it so much. But I was also a little bit like, oh, you know, like, you know, there were some script parts and there were well, some, you to. know, like, you know, was like, oh, but but not, it wasn't in a, Detracting way, or you know, like it was still so much fun. And um, even though I didn't think Courtney Cox needed to come back, her the scene she was great. She was, and that scene in her uh, apartment, she was incredible. And she did her own stunts as well. And so she said it was like one of the best experiences that she's had making a screen. Amazing. I was saying on the
2: night she looks a lot like Ghostface now. But no, I look she was You're like, who's
3: coming for who? She
2: she was a welcome return and she now essentially she, was great. she has become the, the carryover sort of lifeblood of the series more than Neve Campbell. Yeah. Right? And and Jarrett was saying he missed Campbell being not being in this one. Really? Right? I didn't. I kind of think this was better without her. Well,
3: I just think that it was the perfect – oh, yeah, what Courtney Cox had to say about, oh, she's not coming – like, she's not coming or whatever. I was like, oh, like, that was a bit, like, lame. A
2: lot of the things in the script you had a problem with were because she didn't come back. It was, yes,
3: 100%. And that's when I said that at the time as well. It's like what they got on the screen – considering and I mean and as I also said pretty much all of them have yep. had these yep. sort of things happening with them with having to change the script and change the plot and change yep. the killer up until you know yep. so it's nothing new yep. for a Scream movie but um, but having thought that she was coming back which I didn't think she should but um, and then her not yeah. massive that's yeah. huge yeah. but I loved it like yeah, I cool. loved it yeah set pieces the characters um, the humour was amazing the humour
2: I think the other thing too is what they did with the humour in this one because I think it had a different tone to all the others. Yes, yep. They, I mean, every one of these films kind of subverts the genre. It's very meta, almost meta, like it's very Mm. self-referential all that Mm. kind of stuff. This one had all the same jokes but told differently. Yeah. And they just felt fresh for some reason. And I think having a new generation playing on the older generation... Yep. You know, like, and how lame they were back then. Yeah. Yet it's the same. Like yeah, that, yes, yeah. That I found amusing.
3: Um, Hayden Panettiere was awesome. <laughs> like, yep. she was... All- Dermot Mulroney. Oh, my God. He was great. Talk about <laughs> hamming it up. It was so hilarious. Like, wow. <laughs> it was... Like, they were having a fucking good time. They certainly were. They were having a great time. And it was a great... And, yeah, but as you said, I kind of was like... <laughs> that was that was awesome. And I, how many times did I cry? Once, didn't you? I, like, I wiped the, the a little I wiped borderline. a little tear like <laughs> once. So, you know, yeah. like And that was dust. And it, <laughs> I had I had the biggest hanky you've ever seen in your entire life. Not even yeah. really a hanky, it's like a Mind you.
2: Well, you, you were sandwiched between me and Ben, weren't you? I was. Yeah. So you could kinda... meat in the sandwich. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, was it Mel, Was I a Melzy sandwich or a <laughs> Ben? The, and
2: you were the M in the Good Movie Monday. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we we've had. But, that but yes, but as the week went on. Mm. Every day yeah. of the next week, I I fell in love with it yep. more and more and more, and I loved. I'm not I gonna lie. It. I'm not gonna lie. It's my
2: favorite sequel of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It's just, yeah, it's, it's different enough to be fresh.
3: And and I can completely You're respect on board? that. You're on board, like yeah. I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna say I agree. Yeah, but because understand. I love them so much, but I totally understand it. Yeah, yep. There we go. Yep. So there we
2: are. Great. We've had that discussion. This we was, have now. now, which takes um gives us less time for the next part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we normally just do a bit of random banter. But um, Ben and I often spin a wheel, talk about whatever it lands on, which is essentially a spin
3: a... that wheel, <laughs> <laughs> spin we... the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> We're now having a cruiser,
2: <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny. I was just trying to think, we've got a song coming up, and is it by the same people who sang Spin That Wheel? Your DJ Spin That no, Wheel. Oh. What was that? I don't know. We have Technotronic coming up. Oh, okay, no, it's no, not, not them. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Spin the wheel is essentially like Lucky Dip. And that's what we're going to do. Lucky Dip. We ha- we don't do the Lucky Dip videos anymore. Have you noticed no, that? No, I have. Yes. And I'm, so... I was
3: always really terrible at them. So,
2: <laughs> so well, let's do it now then. <laughs> <laughs> you can go first. I think we've only really got time for one each. But um, okay. there you yeah. go. We've got horror. a jar full of movie titles. They're all uh, horror. For,
3: for anybody playing along at home, it was High Tech Three song, spin that wheel. <laughs> there's, tech in the, there's
2: tech in the title.
3: Yeah, there is from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack.
2: Yeah, cool turtle.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Doctor Sleep.
2: Doctor Sleep. Have you seen <gasps> no. it? No. Okay. Well, we
3: we can move because on because I need to. One. I ne- I want to rewatch. Yeah yeah like it's a okay
2: my advice to you with dr sleep is if you're able to go for the director's cut straight away okay okay it's three hours long but yeah oh see again
3: that's another that's another that's why these things get put on the but it is a (laughs) better
2: version than the yeah okay okay okay, go again because you don't get to talk about that but it's i love it dr sleep
3: (laughs) how many times will i have to pick up until um (laughs) a few (laughs) survival of the dead
2: do you want to talk about that? Or I don't know. Okay, that's the George, George Romero's last yeah, zombie yeah. film. Yeah, right.
3: I saw Diary of the Dead, but got, I wrote like an did essay. You no, know that.
2: that's got Tarantino in it. Is He's that? the voice of one of the radio announcers. Oh, yeah. I like that one. It's the handheld one, the, oh, yeah. the found footage version of. Everyone hates it. Like, yeah,
3: I I didn't like it, but yeah, I, I do mean, it. I. I oh think in a way, in a way,
2: it was, a, a way, it was, it was kind of behind way. the time and ahead of its time mm. because behind the time in that it was one of the last movies to do the found footage thing, right? And yeah, it flogged to death. But at the same time, putting that in a zombie
3: environment, yeah. But you know what? I think it what it was the characters and the the yeah. and the, and writing, yeah, writing teenagers, you know, flogged. or whatever the hell I don't they know were. What it
2: was that appealed to me because I don't like found footage movies, right? Yeah, and I like this one. I just think it was putting that. Sub genre in that sub genre. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That that and that, and, 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 that did and work being well. Being an old man doing it, you know. Yeah, but I think that's where I think that's <laughs> where the wrong.
3: that's where the <laughs> script and stuff goes. You know, and don't not you know like R.I.P. opinions suck. R.I.P. You know, <we> would <laughs> never want to speak ill well, of. But then George he came Romero, back. To survi- but,
2: survival of the Dead one you just pulled out. Yeah, takes it right back to the original concept of like oh, a farmhouse. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, but it's on an island. And, anyway. We we ended up talking about that. We did, yeah.
3: We did. Do you want to pick that one? Uh, Yeah. I guess it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like? Would you like? I'm in your home. would you
2: like to? Does that class that class as a conversation, or do you want another go? Um,
3: All right, let's see. Depends what what you pull out.
2: All right, a weird one. Nightbreed.
3: Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh fucking
2: hell! Put that on at the Melbourne Horror Film Society. You will fill the house. Like, book out the MCG for that one. Like, you you pack it. (laughs) That's great. Um, what, what can I say when you haven't seen it, though? Clive Barker, mean? David Cronenberg's in it, uh, Craig Schaefer. And I met Jarrett at the Nightbreed director's cut screening.
3: No way! Because when the
2: director's cut came out, it was a very big deal. Um, it didn't yeah. have an official release. It was almost like a bootleg, if you will. Yeah. And they screened it at the back lot, the old oh, yes. lot. Yeah, the yeah, old yeah. version. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, I was there and I was down waiting in line to go to the toilets. Mm-hmm. Some guy just came up to me and goes, Glenn! I'm like, yes. <laughs> Look at him, he goes, you're that fake shimp guy. I'm like, yes, I am. And he goes, my name's Jarrett. And now here we are still working Aww. together. And, you know, he's on the show every week. Uh, Nightbreed.
3: Ooh. Even flying in from New Zealand for it.
2: Yeah. New, New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> You've just picked out about 100 fucking movies from this jar. and know. You-, <laughs> you have to fold them all back up. Thank how you very we- much. I
3: will, I will, I will, I will. Hey, how about,
2: go for this one. This is another container that has more mainstream horror films. <laughs> Like, Franchise. No,
3: I mean, I've actually seen quite a like, I've seen some of these, but I'm just like, oh, I can't really remember it. I can't really remember it. I've got to really, like, well, you've I haven't just, got the best. That
2: goes against the whole all. gist of this segment. Yeah,
3: I know, I know. Well, th- I know.
2: Thank God we had Scream to talk about.
3: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> why, did, why do you think I messaged you to talk about it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> go on, what's that?
3: Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, there you go. From
2: the other container. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, actually, in saying that, um, I just watched. Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, there you go. Last week. Because you
2: had gone through all of the Because Friday I've 30s. gone
3: through all of the Friday the 13th. And I actually went through all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets as well, apart from Freddy vs. Jason, because when mm. I got up to that, I started the. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because we had the, the screening as well in January. And um, and so, yeah, so we were up to uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Um, I'll say off the bat,
2: didn't like it. Yeah. But over the years, I've grown more. Yeah, to right. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Yeah,
3: um, it's a movie that it, shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it took like sixteen years. No, but it, I mean, it
2: just shouldn't have happened. Like, I I don't think those two characters should have ever been in the
3: yeah, same universe. Yeah. Yeah. well, Sean S. Cunningham would uh would, uh, would you know like purely, definitely it was it, he pretty much only made Jason X just to uh, yeah. and multiple others just just for the pure purpose of we need to make Freddie vs Jason and then no, it finally well, happened.
2: It's fan service purely fan service. Yeah. I don't think you should ever make a film just for fan service purposes. Mm. Um I don't think Robert England was a fan of this one either but anyway <laughs> over the it's, years I can yeah, watch no, it and enjoy it
3: Yeah <laughs> I mean it's uh, it's not Great! <laughs> it,
2: it came at a time too when both franchises had delved into digital effects, right? Oh and yeah, like prior to Absolutely. that, and Jason were both practical. Yeah,
3: you know, and and the things that they do practically in it looks so much better than than the yeah CGI. And, and the final wink to the camera is the worst. Yeah, Terrible. and um, <laughs> oh god, and the and the main chick with the boobs and yeah. like um, and Kelly Rollins in that one. Yeah, yeah, saying some uh, <laughs> controversial things. <laughs> Which then they've just hung her out to dry and said that she ad libbed it. All oh, right, <laughs> that's <laughs> Which, hilarious. You know, I can't imagine that Kelly Rowland would have ad libbed that. But anyway, you'll have to
2: um, remind me after we've uh, stopped recording. Yeah,
3: um, and j- I mean it's just so what was it, two thousand and three? Yeah, yeah. So two thousand and three, just yeah. the blue, like you know, just that look. Around that around about look the same
2: time that. Uh, Bride of Chucky came out and that had the same kind uh, of the, the same aesthetic. director.
3: It's the same director. Right, you. Yeah. Right, you. Yes. Yeah. But he's not a fan of either franchise. No. So
2: he was a gun for hire. Yeah. He's, he was famous at that time for Warriors of Virtue. And that was a good movie, but yeah. like martial art fantasy. Like, you know, to put him in the horror world. Yeah. But I then know. Bride of
3: Chucky's great. Ronnie right,
2: Chucky is great, but it's also the movie I kind of wish didn't happen. Like, yeah, I don't right. like where the, the direction direction the franchise to, went from that. Yeah, it opened the door to too much comedy. Yeah,
3: yeah, you yeah. Know? But there was that him, or was that the? <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's don't probably know. and Don who Mancini. knows how much and also who knows how much of this was him as well, well because yeah. th- that's potentially why. I'd say it
2: was Don Mancini with Chucky took it in <clears throat> the Well, direction. he, I mean,
3: yeah, he he has a lot of <laughs> a lot of power in. But that. like Ronnie you
2: as a director, he's got an. Eye for style. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I, I obviously every week I talk about Albert Pune, I put them in the same <clears> camp in that they're style over substance. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I, I like style over substance when yeah. the style is that nice.
3: Well, I mean, and that's the thing, and, it, and I mean, it's a, it's a victim of, a, of the, its time period. Yeah, totally. because all of, you know, so many of the horrors looked, yeah. had that look. It's yeah. too glossy for yeah, yeah. either franchise. Like, Correct. it needed more of the 80s feel. Mind you. Feel.
2: Alexis Arquette in *Brighter Chucky* is the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, but yeah. um, yeah. So, but but a nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah. I, oh, was, I forgot about that. Well, I mean, we were, you know, it is a franchise because <laughs> I had to revert to the franchise pile. But um, but um, I mean, oh, it's it's amazing, and and I watched them all hmm. um last year, I think it was, and. They, I loved four. I mean, I loved, I loved, I actually loved one to four. I'll tell you this. I don't, loved of, one to four of the original franchise. Yeah.
2: it goes to number seven. Yeah, I love them all. Yeah, I was going to say, and
3: I love. I actually six. really enjoyed them all. Yeah, but. I like, yeah. I, think I, I my, oh yeah, and yeah. No, my, I really my f-
2: did. My favorite sequels number three. Yep. That's where Wes Craven came yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And,
3: and, and it's, it's so many people. It's, it's, it's their a clever, favorite. clever movie. Yeah. It's
2: real. It's the darkest. It of is.
3: Them. It's it's yeah. It's and really it, good. It taps into the history of Nightmare on yeah. Elm
2: Street. Number two, I love simply because my theory on number two sequels, they're ballsy enough to go in oh. a different direction because they don't want to repeat the formula. Totally. And then number threes always swoop in and repeat yes. the formula. Yes, yes, like, let's, yeah, Bring let's because
3: everybody that was pissed off about number yeah. two. So that's why I love number two. Yeah. But then oh, I love number two. You skip all the way to number
2: seven. That is a genius film because it's all meta and outside of the franchise looking in. Oh, just the best. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you
2: picked that out of the container. Yeah.
3: There we go. (laughs) The the Yogo, the Yogo container should be my go-to, I think, from um, now on. How
2: about now we can have some Technotronic? (laughs) I know why I picked that one. I'll talk about it in a sec. All right, so that was Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic. And and by the way, Mel's still folding up all of those movies and putting them back in the jar.
3: Pump Up the Jam. <laughs> yeah, and
2: it's a jam jar. It's Here's a
3: jam, a jam jar. jar. It is.
2: So. <laughs> Put them back in the jam jar. The reason I chose Pump Up the Jam is because it's from the movie Breaker Operas, which is a New Zealand film, and that's where Jarrett and Ben Aww. are. So just a little homage to them. But um, <laughs> speaking of Ben, he's going to join me right now because we've got our interview with Reese Waterfield. Let's talk about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Boy, this movie is pissing people off, and I want to talk about that for a second because it's the same old bullshit, right? You've got people that have come out and they've said, Stuff to the effect of, you've ruined my youth. Mm. Um, You've ruined a classic, which I find fucking hilarious, right? Because one, um, I mean, how can that be true? Because (laughs) the original still exists. Yeah. And they can watch it at any point in time. And
3: why would they watch this if they were going to have that... The other, Reaction. the
2: other thing is presumably those people are talking about the Disney version, right? Yeah. Now, the criticism that the Disney version had when that came out was it changed the book.
3: Oh. And
2: Disney ruined Winnie the Pooh. Oh. So, come on. like, yeah, Because they put the, was it the badger or the gopher in it? And that's yeah, not yeah, a Winnie yeah, the Pooh. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Secondly, Disney have not come after this filmmaker. Like, they don't give a shit that mm. this movie exists. So, why should people? You know? Anyway. Anyway. I love this movie. It is batshit crazy. It's ultra-violent, it's super gory, it's a splatterfest, and yet the director couldn't be more lovely. He's yeah, just, you know, really. He's like a British chap, you know, he's great. <laughs> so we're going to talk to him. Ben and I caught up with him recently. Some of you will have already pointed out the fact that we've had this video online for a month. So we did put the video out there of the interview because the interview was recorded while we were on our summer break. And so I still wanted to include it on the show, and that's what this is. So let's go to some Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Enjoy.
1: We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Mate, Reese, how are you? Hello guys. You Alright. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I'm I'm oh. gonna
2: be like completely sincere with you right now when I say I fucking love this movie. Like Winnie the Pooh does not give a fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you see it recently then?
2: I did, I did. Um and dude it's it's violent, it's gory, it's gratuitous, it's original, like just a hell of a
1: lot of fun so yeah thank you oh thanks so much yeah we've um it's pretty kind of it was a pretty risky film and i know it's like the concept alone divides people but also how i directed it is also dividing people (laughs) 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 because like i kind of i've been saying like i like kind of like grounded and elevated horror to an extent but um i also really love horror which is just like It's just silly and it's just fun and it's ridiculous and you don't need to look for these like deep metaphorical undertones or anything like that. It's just crazy stuff happening and you're just watching it for for horror's sake, really. Um, And that was the direction I I took this because I thought, you know, it's Winnie the Pooh. People want to watch like a crazy just Winnie the Pooh film (laughs) killing people. So... Yeah, and it is. It's absolutely bonkers. And like
2: if you put that that kookiness aside though, um, I was particularly struck with how seriously you did approach the horror because you could just remove Pooh and piglet and have
1: hillbillies and it would be a respectable you know slasher slash horror movie Mm, yeah yeah there were definitely moments where it was like with the tone of it i was kind of like um really i was i I was going heavy into like the the silly and the fun side of it but um there is still a kind of moments where you kind of go in and out of like the story parts of the film really uh, where he's not just gorging himself on honey and those they had to be a bit more i had to take them more down the serious route um so for me like the opening of the film um is quite serious um and then there's a moment where he has all the flashbacks and then um kind of near the end it gets serious so it kind of dips in between that and then your kind of journey's in the middle he's just doing crazy fun silly stuff so
4: (laughs) yeah i am really curious at the start of the film like there is like that's where you kind of do the exposition of the plot and you talk about how I hope I'm not spoiler alert, even though it's happened in the first like two minutes of the film. But the uh, after Winnie the Pooh and Co are abandoned, and they make the decision they're starving, and they make the, the, the decision to uh, cannibalize Eeyore. Was that why Eeyore? Why not Piglet? Like that bacon. <laughs> like I've never had donkey. I don't know how what, what donkey's going to taste like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he might have had more meat on him. <laughs> so uh the kind of idea behind um eel was uh yeah it was intentional that I picked him out of the lot because one, he's really gloomy and he's really you know, and everyone's saying he should just top himself. So I was like, I will help him <laughs> and uh and then the other the other reason was it was actually kind of like a budgetary and like a filmmaking reason. I was I thought you know I didn't have um, a lot to work with like resource wise to make the film and um, I was trying to think how you would like effectively do like show Eeyore on um, like on the film and it's and my mind was going okay you could do it in VFX and you can have like a VFX donkey running around but I thought that might be weird because none of the other um, characters are VFX and also because of the budget it would probably look absolutely rubbish um, and horror fans don't like VFX anyway so I was like right maybe i won't do that um, and then the other option was like uh, if i was trying to make this like a live action version am i gonna have two guys in a donkey outfit like running around on the set <laughs> and, that kind do of would you know be yeah, and I thought, no, that's gonna be terrible. So I thought, he yeah. just needs to die. <laughs> I'm just gonna slaughter yeah. him at the start, and then it's like that's why he's not there. I mean, Whereas that is the, the, could it, be it like is the
2: most hybrids. Yeah, it's the most heartbreaking part of that exposition, know, yeah. though, Ben, is the fact that he's. Well, oh yeah, because yeah,
4: he's like he's such a sad sack that you do feel <laughs> for him. But probably in the cartoons and stuff of Winnie the Pooh, by the end of it, you're like,
2: oh, you just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, <But> really. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, like, you know, I guess everybody's first um, thought when they caught wind of this movie was, you know, the Disney factor. And I know it's not exclusively a Disney property and, and, and the literature is public domain, but was there any kind of pushback from Disney at all when you
1: dropped the trailer or the poster? No, there wasn't actually. So um, we kind of was wondering, like, what, what was going to happen with that? Like, were they going to approach us with it? Um, and we, we did think... you know that maybe it'll be at the point where the trailer drops because they might be curious what's in the trailer or so but i think the reason they haven't is because like i've purposely kind of gone as far away from their branding and their ip as i could um i when it was even though it's in the public domain and really you could try and skirt as close towards them as you could you know like or some some people would um and you would do it just outside the line. Um and then, you know, there could be arguments of is it um are people gonna mistake your, your view of him and your interpretation of him with their one. But for me I thought, okay. I need to forget all of that. Like um when I was when I was writing this, forget everything Disney have done, make up my own view and my own interpretation of him and then just make sure there's no link there at all. Um because, you know, I d I don't want there to be kind of any confusion. <clears throat> and also like we're only you know our production company and you know it's me and scott there's like two of us and disney have theme parks and and like all this ip and like loads of money like i'm sure if they wanted they could probably just trample on us um and just like tie us up in litigation and stuff so i was like okay let's just be safe go really really far away and i also think it's more it's better for just the horror and the film itself um because I had two minds about it. I was like, do I take him down like a Chucky route, which would be near their idea um, and their version of him? Because they'd both be small, they might be talking, and he's just running around stabbing people. Um, Or do I take him in this other route where he's like big and menacing and um, like quite imposing, and he doesn't really talk much. and He's more of like a Michael Myers vibe. Um, And yeah, for me, I was like, oh, that feels like the more sensible route. Um, And if I make him like half man, then he can have hands. And if he's got hands, then you know you can have really cool scenes where, you know, they've got knives and they've got sledgehammers and they've got chains rather than just slashing people with paws. So yeah. Well no, I guess no or- pushback. Yeah. I guess <laughs> organically,
2: like just the fact that it's called Winnie the Pooh, in people's minds they are gonna associate with Disney and Disney can't do a fucking thing about that. So, you know, that's <laughs> to your benefit.
4: I do I do wanna ask though, was there a point in the production process when you were kind of coming up with the characters? Like would you have them pantsless and like <laughs> mache over the crotches? And Cause I don't think in, in any of the in none of the Disney none of them have pants in the Disney.
1: Yeah, uh... <laughs> no, I, I did, I did suggest that to the actor uh, who was playing Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. I was like, you're you're not going to have any trousers or uh, any mm-hmm. boxes on. <laughs> you're be running around in the cold for seven mm. days. <laughs> well, if you if you think about
2: that, that that makes Disney creepier because they don't have pants. Yeah. They don't have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't
4: wash they wouldn't wash anymore. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well you said um you said earlier on that you think, you know, the film has divided people, but um look I just wanna say fuck the critics because I um I completely I feel like I completely understood what you were doing with this movie. Do you think there's a lot of
1: people that have misunderstood, misunderstood yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Some people genuinely think I was that the film like because i i basically i want people to laugh at points like it's supposed to be just fun and at points a bit satirical. like there are literal scenes in there where i've you, you can tell i've been heavily inspired by like halloween kills for example with the mob scene where he's all getting beaten up um, and i just thought it'd be funny to put winnie the Pooh in that scenario um, and <laughs> then do my own take on it um and yeah I, that's like that's the reaction i kind of want i want people there just to smile when they're watching it and laugh at it uh but some people genuinely think at moments, I like in the film, which were intended to be funny, that I was trying to be just dead, dead serious. And, um, you know, it was just like uh, a poor choice from my side. But uh, thankfully, a lot of the horror fans, which this film has been made for, they, um, they don't see that. Like, they see what the intention is. So, yeah.
2: yeah. I think <laughs> a lot of people going into it, like, and guilty as charged, kind of, anticipate maybe like a fan film type of aesthetic but the second that you know you realize that this is actually a real movie with a great production value like then you know it's sold right there but talking of publicity i think it's a stroke of genius for you to have cast amber doing thorn in there because she's got millions of followers on social media like was that intentional
1: (laughs) so um, it actually wasn't you know like casting and crewing this film was a was really really hard because um everyone thought it was going to bomb like honestly i'd we we kind of work like a little bit of rep company when we're producing and we reuse a lot of the the same people because it's a bit like a family like we all get on um but with this one idea i was i was trying to get people on board with it and i was like you know i really believe in it this this has potential and they were just like no they were like it's winnie you want to make uh like winnie the pooh like a six foot Winnie the Pooh with a knife <laughs> running around, they and they thought it's just gonna, it was just gonna do terrible, and it would look really tacky on their CV and rubbish. Um, so like they, I I just couldn't get them. So I had to like broaden my horizons a bit and find other people who did like genuinely see the the fun and the potential in the film um so that was actually the first time i'd worked with amber uh and yeah i approached her with it and then she was like yeah and then afterwards i realized oh she's actually got a big following so <laughs> it yeah. wasn't it wasn't based on that no. <laughs> well that that de- definitely can't hurt um, having her push it no, through her not.
2: social media um, yeah. so I, I know that you have got movies like bambi the reckoning and Peter Pan's Nightmare (laughs) Neverland in the works. Are you gonna stop there or are you just
1: gonna keep going? No, like I love love doing this stuff. Like um, all these retellings and coming up with all these crazy ideas and these like putting them in like all these ridiculous scenarios. it was, I, when I was on the set for Pooh, it was honestly one of the funnest experiences of my life. And like the cast and the crew all absolutely loved it. Uh, so, like, nothing's going to stop that now. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to keep
2: going. Well, I am so glad you said that. Let's crack my knuckles here. Can I suggest a few titles for
1: you? Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> because I want to see um, Anne of Green Gables, Carrot Top's Revenge. That would be good. That's <laughs> public domain. I'd like to see The Secret Garden Shed Massacre. If, uh, if I may. Maybe uh, the, the, the Murderous Wizard of Oz or Wind in the Willows Terror at Toad Hall. So, feel free. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, like, honestly, like, those sort of ideas, you should see my phone on my notes. I've got, like, an endless list of these, uh, and some of them outside of my reach at the moment. Like, uh, on Twitter today, on Instagram today, I, I've, I've, I've got obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I really want to do them. Like, I want to do a horror version of them. Um, so I'm going to try and see if I can get the rights, but I very much doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a fantastic niche
2: that you're carving for yourself because, like, can you imagine down the road, like, a massive anthology box set with all of these, like, distorted, twisted fairy tales and fucking
1: stories. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like, and I hope it's, I hope it's not just me either. Like, honestly, I get these are these are the kind of horror films which I get super excited about. So, um, you know, like, I watch them when I see like the tenth installment of X, uh, like the new Halloween, the new Scream. Like, they do excite me, but I I get really excited when it's something super new and something something super wacky and just fun. Like Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, that could be really cool. <laughs> so I'm really excited yeah. to see that one, and I want more people to do these sort of films.
2: What was that other one, Ben, that I loved last year? Is it Benny, something Benny? About the little toy, red toy bear that goes around killing people with a knife? can't oh, remember. Right. Benny's Revenge or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. that We're was... About, yeah, we talked about it on the oh, show. Oh, I'll have to look that one up. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, uh, what kind of movies sort of did you grow up with? What are the horror films that sort of, you know,
1: got you into the genre in the first place? The the two which, like, really stand out, this is just because they... um from just like pure horror they terrified me it was uh it was a texas chainsaw massacre and it was the 2003 one um and the reason the reason i don't know for that one I, I was in this um mindset when i was younger where i was thinking you know leatherface i thought it was real because the ending of that film has um you know they've got like a little reporter going down and they make it kind of feel like this is um this is legit and this actually happened uh so I thought, OK, Leatherface, he's going to go and get on a plane. He's going to come to the UK. He's going to come to my street. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's going to burst into my room and just chainsaw me apart. <laughs> so I was, like, terrified, like, uh, yeah, I was terrified when I saw that one. And Chucky, Chucky was like, even though I can look at him now and I watch his films and they've just got this, like, fun, like, silly energy, as a kid, he scared the shit out of me. And my mum had all these, like, porcelain dolls. Um and they <laughs> uh, had, are I had to kill them all like i had to, <laughs> <laughs> to break everyone <laughs> that's, that's, amazing. A,
4: that's a really great idea for a, for a horror film though like a, a Leatherface coming to the uk like that because <laughs> it's totally like that kind of peter wolf peter and the wolf type thing where you know no one believes you like yeah, no one yeah. believes the kid that you know it's like it's not real like he's in america how could he ever come here and the whole that'd be great
1: do, do you think he could get on the plane though undetected well,
4: he, gets, he gets in the, uh,
1: he gets in, the ca- in the baggage carrier or he does
4: it
2: or he does a jason and just hops on a, a ship in vancouver and sort of yeah, a, yeah. destroys the entire crew um I oh, just before we let you go i want to sort of run through some movies that you've produced because you have produced a lot of movies and there are titles yep. like the legend of jack and jill spiders in the attic um fire nato wrath of van helsing and the curse of jack frost like I think it's safe to say that you speak our language,
1: mate. On the show that we host, they're the type of movies we gravitate towards. Oh, good, yeah, those ones. They, um, they were kind of like we were going for like a lot of volume when we made them. So, uh, and they were like early on. Uh, but now we're kind of like I'm a bit more into my kind of filmmaking career now. So I'm going to do more and more like this, uh, but they're going to be kind of bigger productions and better ones. Um, so yeah, it's like kind of watch our space because there'll be loads of crazy stuff coming
2: (laughs) that's exciting and and the the reason i just named those is because for people like me that that weren't aware of you before this movie it's nice to go into a bit of a deep dive into stuff that you've done to sort of see where you've come from and and it's led to winnie the pooh blood and honey it's a fantastic movie and i implore everybody to watch it and go with it like
1: make sure you're in the right frame of mind before you watch it but um thanks so much another one so yeah. we produced another one um recently which kind of came out called the killing tree um, and that's worth that's worth checking out because it's kind of like i don't know if you've seen like tree venge um, or yeah like <laughs> someone showed me that recently but it's about a christmas tree which comes to life and starts killing everyone so yeah. it's intended to be like in the same kind of just fun and light-hearted um like <clears> manner <throat> or tone but yeah See, I'd, I'd recommend that one <laughs> we
2: really really do speak tape language because the first short film i made was about vhs tapes that came alive and, and killed people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> thanks so thanks so much for hanging out with us it's been a pleasure and we love the movie mate
1: oh thanks so much cheers guys
6: welcome to bonehead weekly fun size and we're talking about imaginary friends see chad james and i have no friends and you say well you've got each other but we don't Don't. Don't. Well,
7: and actually what you all don't know is one of us isn't even real. No, and you don't know which one
6: in Australia because you're not going to spend the money on a plane ticket to come over here and find out. Because that's a
7: long way for a beat down, isn't it, James? This is actually a product. uh, One of us is actually a product of your own psychosis. Mm. So think about that. I'm going to go
6: first. The best imaginary friend movie made in the last 16 decades is... You've guessed it. Jojo rabbit came out in 2019. Knew that Cased was going to be your pick. Would you say? Knew that was going to be your pick. Well, it's the best. It is my favorite one. The second would have been cast away. Christine Lunen's 2008 book caging skies. I already I go read the book. I'm curious to see how close it is to the book. I mean, Taika Waititi is, is a national treasure. I mean, he's not our national treasure, but he is a national treasure. And Jojo Rabbit's probably his best film. It's the most depressing, but yet uplifting, funny, but yet heartbreaking. It has it all. I fell asleep once during it, sitting next to Chad in an extremely warm theater the day after th- the American Thanksgiving. But uh, it had nothing to do with the movie as much as I
8: was just next to Chad in his
6: mug uh, And the warm- I- put me to slumber. I
8: still the 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 twist but uh near the towards the end of the movie still just with it floored shoes. me yeah. yeah with the shoes it still floored me like i was devastated it's it's a it's a heartbreaking wonderful movie next yeah. Chad. uh i am going to go with the most obvious one and it's one of those movies where me and joe clash quite a bit on our movie taste and i don't understand his hatred for Dr. drop dead fred because it's annoying I don't. I agree find with him that
6: extremely all. annoying.
1: Uh, it's
6: sl- I, He is slightly above, and I love Bill Paxton, but he is slightly above Bill Paxton's character from Predator Two of being one of the most annoying movie characters of all time.
8: I do not agree with that at all. I love. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Rick Mayall. I love him as Drop Dead Fred. It was one of the most enjoyable movie experiences I had in a while. Uh, at that time, when I was 11 years old. <clears throat> So it was directed by Eight Day Jong, who also helped direct Highway, um, Highway to Hell, which was shocking. Uh, they they she did a, uh, they did this back to back. So if you don't familiar with Drop Dead Fred, which I if you're our age, I don't see how you could not be. It's about a, a woman who uh, has a lot of problems and an imagine and her imaginary friend from her childhood, who um, she had to um, wipe out of her existence, comes back. And basically, Rick's ever loving hell on her life in all kinds of ways. Uh, I again, I just love this movie from beginning to end. Uh, I, I that's just, I'll never, that and Goonies, Joe. I just don't understand it. Well, just, I liked Goonies as a kid. I didn't even like Drop Dead Fred as a kid. Ugh, I just don't know about you. And Willow, anyway, James, go. I dated a lady who loved Drop Dead Fred. Nah. I'm sorry, I wore the
7: link that one time. (laughs) Your differences? Yeah,
6: she she saw herself with a nice, young-looking man, and I saw myself as not a nice, young-looking man.
7: Well, gentlemen, I like my imaginary friends to help guide the story and push people forward. And with that in mind, it's actually not what I originally thought of, but as I heard you all talk, I thought, you know, I need somebody to guide me through my life as I take a road trip for vengeance. And who better than Elvis Presley? True Romance. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. The imaginary James. Elvis Presley guiding you story. How can pl- he- I I There were a couple I was thinking about. It wasn't one I was going to go with when I pitched this as a short, uh, or as a, yeah, whatever we call these. fun size. Bun size, up. those, those. But I, as I was sitting here, I'm like, how can I not talk about imaginary Elvis Presley guiding Clarence, a.k.a. Christian Slater, on his quest to take down... The ex-pimp who, uh, you know, controlled his wife and whatnot. It doesn't matter. It's Elvis. Elvis is one of the top imaginary friends you could have. He's the Kang. The Kang. That's it. Well, this has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size.
6: Please send all your hate mail to Ben. No, I'm joking. Send it to Glenn. Ben is a national treasure.
8: I don't know. Ben, late recently, well, not recently as the time of this, was wishing one of us dead
7: which one was it me was it the no, imaginary he just,
8: hoped, one he just wanted one of us to die he was placing bets
7: I hope that's I hope totally, not, that's the, totally not
8: how this story went but i'm trying to make everybody i'm not trying to make you all be mean mean to ben oh all right well toodles i hope it's not the imaginary
7: one of us
2: ah thank you boneheads and i think are we done with the booze here so we've got tip um, uh, a tipple left there's uh, a tipple left maybe we'll finish it off before the show ends but thank you boneheads um Still trying to get my head around the fact that Joe doesn't like Drop Dead Fred. Like, come on. Really? Come on. Wow. I'm I'm just glad Ben's not here to have this conversation (laughs) because he would be outraged. I can
3: feel it. The seething coming from over there. I
2: guess Americans didn't grow up with Rick Mail the way we did. Mm. Young ones, bottom. Yeah. Filthy rich and cap flap. Anyway. I won't hold it against Joe. <laughs> go and add Bonehead Weekly uh, to your podcast lineup. Um You know where to find it, anywhere you get podcasts. And if you uh, you like the sound of uh, their voices, check out their faces on YouTube. They uh, do a video version of the show as well. <laughs> Time to recommend some movies though, Malzie. Lately. Yes. I, I'm going to go first, by the way. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I find it's easier to go first. You go second. No, no, no. I wrap I'm, it up. I'm very happy with that. And um, I've been attracted lately to a lot of... I guess, mm. early 2000s comedies. Okay. And and not necessarily great comedies. Yeah. <laughs> just, like last week my recommendation was Ready to Rumble with David Arquette. Like mm-hmm, it's a good mm-hmm. one. But this week I went with a 2001 comedy called Bubble Boy. Do you remember yes, Bubble Boy? Yes, I do. Jake yes. Gyllenhaal. Yes, yes. Before he blew up into Donnie Darko yeah. and, and then went to the A-list. But this yep. is the movie that got him the role as mm-hmm, Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. And I believe this movie, before I tell you anything about it, the original script of this was very, very dark, similar to Donnie mm. Darko. It turned out to just be like a really stupid teeny yeah. yeah, rom-com yeah. road movie, but I love it. Yeah. Super fun, super quirky. And it's about a teenager with like a, a shit house immune system and he's lived his whole life in a bubble. It's a, it's a piss take on the boy in the plastic bubble, yeah. John Travolta. And he finds the girl of his dreams and she ends up going off to get married to Dave Sheridan of all people who, <laughs> you want to tie it into Scream, he played Doofy in Scary Movie. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> right. And this movie, like his performance uh, in Bubble Boy is like the redneck. They, the studio, whichever one it was, predicted he was going to be the next Jim Carrey. Oh. So they wrote him a movie called Frank McCluskey, C.I., Ooh. And the poster was exactly Ace Ventura. Yeah, it, had Dolly Parton and Randy Quaid as his parents, and it was like <laughs> turd of a movie. Yeah. Did nothing, and there goes his career. Oh. So now Dave Sheridan is like popping up at conventions as you know, doofy. Doofy, yeah. oh, which was a great shit. character. Oh, I mean,
3: it was. Did he shoot his pants? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. Yeah. So he's
2: yeah. he's a whole lot of fun in this one, but Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal particularly is heaps of fun. Yeah, it's a one joke movie, a boy in a bubble. Yeah, and he designs his own portable bubble. So he can road trip and he ends up hitching a ride with Danny Trejo and you know, <laughs> just shit ensues. He meets up with a, a freak show along the way, Carnival Freak Show, which is mini me as the lead leader yeah. of that. And then <laughs> all these freaks that you couldn't get away with these days. Like they're so culturally <laughs> yes, insensitive or, so true. or minority insensitive. Yeah. But God damn, it's funny. Yeah. And the movie I'm watching, it, I'm going, why does this remind me of something? And I couldn't think of it until it just clicked. Pee Big Adventure. Yeah. Because he road trips and meets all of the Carney and all the yeah, funny people on yeah. the way. Yeah. Very similar movie. Oh, um, that's so true. I remember and I read up on it just to make sure I was correct. In my yeah. Memory, <laughs> it was controversial at the time. Yeah. Because all the groups came out about the way that this medical condition was being made as yeah. a punchline for a joke. Yeah. You know, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How many, how many bubble boys are there really? I mean <laughs> yeah. We can't change culture to please them.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I mean most comedy is you know, it's born out of something that's probably yeah. kind of look, insensitive to somebody.
2: I'm all about protecting minorities, but look, you know, we've got to make fun of... You know, no, I'm you know, going to make fun of something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the idea, because here's what I think, right? I'm also drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I realise halfway through this that I'm drunk. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's making fun of that particular, um, what do you call it, disability. Yeah. condition. Yeah, because they don't actually live in bubbles, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's making fun of that concept
3: of a yeah, bubble. Yeah, yeah. Because Absol- in the movie, yeah. he's in a bubble. And and there are any number of things that could lead you into a bu- living life into in a bubble. Not uh, just that. Metaphorically just, speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and what I found really funny about this, having read up on it too, is that in the movie... Because he's in a bubble, he falls over all the time and rolls over. Yeah. And I was reading that they were actually bloopers that they left in the movie because he couldn't stand up in the bubble. So every time he tried to run, he'd trip over, and because the bubble was more solid than it's supposed to be, he'd roll. Well,
3: and that brings up, like, how many people are actually living in a bubble? See, exactly. Exactly. But exactly. So it, why, it is. It's about it's about that, like... Concept. Yeah, and the physical humour yeah. in that.
2: And Yeah, because none of them actually leave the house in a bubble.
3: No. like Unless you're, can't unless imagine you're a good there's witch, glinda that She lives many, in a bubble. Yes, that's true. But I can't <laughs> imagine that there's that many people living in a bubble. You, yeah.
2: You know, we're going to get the Bubble Society we, right we into we us. you know, are. And say, well, yeah. I'll have you know, there yeah. are lots of bubble people out and, there.
3: And there may be just some that just like living in a bubble. Well, I like, just don't... Wanna like, um, like Like fairies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like bubbly's. Well,
2: you know, I, I identify as a furry, so how dare you?
3: Well.
2: <laughs> I don't have a bubble though.
3: <laughs> well, you can't be offended then. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, okay, I'm not. Shall we exactly. move on to yours? I just reckon it's on Disney Plus. Go and watch Bubble on Boy. It is a movie that's sort of it's outgrown, well not outgrown, society's outgrown it. Mm. And it's a nice it's one. To not go. us,
3: though. Clearly, no. We no. haven't outgrown much. Anyone obviously, anyone that's listened
2: to the show knows I have not outgrown anything from the nineties.
3: Just my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> nah. No, I, nah, I still wear mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wore my Jebediah t-shirt on New Year's Eve from night, like from my yeah. I've got clothes. Signed from
2: Jebediah t-shirt from, from high school. Yeah, from high school. In fact, I probably have the clothes I wore to Bubble Boy the first time. <laughs> 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 Let's move on to yours. It's a safer okay. safe okay. way to go. <laughs> These are recommendations, by the way, people. So I, I'd like some of you to watch these movies and comment on our social media about them. Because, anyway. anyway.
3: Not too much abuse about that one, though. Fuck them. Bring it on. Yeah. Okay, so I had my uh, weekly night to myself on Wednesday night. And so I did the old, hmm, what am I going to watch tonight? And so I went on hang to on, the. Hang on.
2: That's the first thing you think of on a night to yourself. <laughs> I masturbate. <laughs>
3: I'd gone for my 12K run. (laughs) I'd... (laughs) Um, So I was like, okay, what am I going to watch? And, well, I mean, it was a Wednesday night ahead of having to record. So, Uh, you know, I had pressing. I had pressing things at hand.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Pressing things with hand. We need to not to... Okay, hang on. Every time you're on the show, we get drunk.
3: <laughs> no, we were very well behaved last time because I turned and you were like, "Oh, I have to start the year on on a," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's so fair." I'm like, "Yeah, We've me just too, just actually." Proven why that was a wise. <laughs> yeah, choice. it was absolutely a wise choice. Far out. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So I was like, okay. So what am I going to watch? Um... And then I was like, oh, actually, I remember that my star sign was recommended to watch something recently and that I had had some interest in anyway. Did you watch Zodiac? No, but do you... It's well, a star signs, isn't it? Oh, but <laughs> speaking of Zodiac, <laughs> yeah. um, my brother mm. and I saw the preview or the um, test audience. We were in the test audience oh, for yeah. Zodiac. It's yeah, in terrifying LA. It's a film to me. Yeah. Um, my brother is a very um, he's a very generous person that doesn't have anything to be generous with, but and, and he wasn't even yeah. he was like sixteen or something at the time and I took him to so He's a kind soul, is what you're saying? America. He is very kind. Yeah. And um and a homeless person was or the someone was mm. asking for money or whatever and he and because of being from Australia and not being him not being so great with like money and all that sort of thing, he'd just been collecting like just giving over massive notes for, you know, yeah. just being like whatever, whereas I'd be like trying to figure yeah. out, you know, to get not so many coins back or whatever. He had like <laughs> in that week or whatever, that Baggy we're pants. There, <laughs> he did, yeah, he was just like being weighed down, so like by he, these. So He's like they, got a limp. He's like walking around about to get in a bubble. Now he they gets, know he has
2: money because they can hear
3: him coming. It, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And he was like, yeah, mate, like gave him like a fucking, like, you know, handful <laughs> of whatever. And the guy was like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, and gave us these bloody passes too. And this is why you should be nice, people. I haven't really been nice ever since. And but um, but he did, gave us these passes to be in the, the test I, audience. How did he have those? I don't know. I have no idea. But, yeah, so we went to – and a, we were staying in a hostel in Hollywood. That's some subversive marketing right there. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so at whatever time it was that afternoon, like we went and lined up and then the people came along the thing saying, what do you do yep, for a living? Yep. And I think I was – I mean, I was a flight attendant at the time. Hence why we were able to fly to America. Um, hence why I haven't done that since in the last five years since I gave up that career. But anyway, um, but I was like, I'm studying film, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they are like, oh, you come to the front of the line. And yeah, we were in the test audience. Two scenes in that movie
2: scared the shit out of me. Yeah. The first one with the, the murder yes. on the hill, oh. which apparently oh. was shot to the to the letter. Yeah. And the other one was when, um, i forgotten his name, should know it, uh, the guy that played Roger Rabbit. Anyway, William Fleischer or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. um, Charles Fleischer. Yes, Charles Took him into the basement. Yeah. And you don't know if he's a killer or not. Yes. And, and Jake Gyllenhaal's like, I need to get out of here. And
3: we're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, I know. <laughs> exactly. He's not in a bubble this I'm gonna time. I'm going to stop interrupting. Go. Um, he, it, it's, and I must say, I think that when we saw it, they said that the the music that was in it wasn't, or the soundtrack wasn't finalised or whatever. But then when we saw it come out, we didn't, we couldn't see any yeah. difference with yeah, it. Yeah, that was, right. and I think, it, you know, obviously everybody was. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely worked. But anyway, so that's my recommendation. What, what Jake that's Gyllenhaal movies yeah. <laughs> Better not be Velvet
2: Buzzsaw or whatever the fuck no. that
3: was. <laughs> um, so I went on to Netflix and um, Watcher. Have you seen that? 2022's Watcher. Not the Watcher, the limited series, but Watcher.
2: And not the Keanu Reeves one. No. Okay, no, I haven't. No,
3: you haven't. No. Okay, so um, it's Micah Munro. Right, yep. Yep, and um, and she is the lead by a Like, it's a very solid. Like solitary sort of film. Her and her, she moves to uh, Bucharest yep. with her husband, who yep. is originally from there. Um, they move into an apartment. She can't speak any of the language. He's always interpreting for her. But then he's he goes to work all the time. Right. and He's like schmoozing with clients and people that he knows and everything. And she's stuck in this apartment mm-hmm. by herself, a little bit rear window. She sta- starts seeing this. Person or this silhouette of a person across in an apartment. Across, I like it already. Across the uh, across the street, mm-hmm. always staring. Yeah, yeah, the watcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, watcher. Um, I did love in the first. Um, oh well, actually, in the um, title sequence that they get into the apartment, start having sex on the um, on the couch, and it's like. Yeah, you need to have blinds. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that's pretty much what most of the movie comes down to. You need to have blinds, people. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, apart from go go and watch this movie, have blinds. Um, the sequel is
2: called Installation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so uh, Carl Glussman, mm-hmm. I think, I Glussman, Glussman uh, plays her husband. Um, and then there's a... A chick that lives next door, who she ends up sparking up a relationship with. Um, It's a massive slow burn. Yeah. And it is directed by Chloe Okuno. Who made a movie called Slut. And I watched that this afternoon. I'm down. Yeah. (laughs) So I watched that this afternoon Mm -hmm. and um, she's an incredible filmmaker. I'm looking at the poster
2: for Slut. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really (laughs) good. It's got Sally Kirkland in it. There you go. Oh, yeah. It's like um, it's very slasher. So ax, it, that's an murder. eighteen
3: an eighteen minute short from twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um, and she also did. I haven't seen VHS ninety four, but she also did, did one of the segments. Yeah, yeah. did one of the segments. Um, the story wise, you know, like there's not that much to watch her, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's shot beautifully. Yeah, yeah. It's you care about the characters. There's like you know, the the husband's not listening to the wife. There's a bit of, um, yeah, just... That's one of the things
2: I really dig about Netflix because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, pros and cons to Netflix and yeah. the kind of content they put out. But I love when they put these movies out, which, let's face it, won't go to the cinema no. anymore. But there's... Did well
3: at a festival and then came, like, yeah. a very limited release. Yeah. We just and... don't live
2: in a world where those sort of movies make no. it to the yeah. big screen. And yeah. so they pick up these really weird, subversive yeah. little films. Like yeah. the one with... Megan Fox oh, recently, yeah, til um, till death, yeah,
3: oh, loved that, blew me away, loved that, yeah, but yep. like
2: back in the nineties, I would have gone to the movies to watch
3: yeah, that, yeah, yeah, so, totally, yeah, like, it's kind of, I mean, not similar at all, yeah. but like similar in the, um, you know, a slow yeah. burn and yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, um and yeah and being like one character, like main character yeah. and yeah. um, her interactions cool. within her. Trauma, like turmoil, what she's going through. Um, Yeah, great. It's awesome. I'm going to watch it. Excellent. Fantastic. And yeah, the short is awesome as well. And that's just on YouTube. Awesome. I will definitely. I mean, slut. Slut. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That uh, that brings us to the end of the show. We're done. Thanks so much for hanging out.
3: No worries, thank you. Um
2: so, What, what me? you've been loud the whole time and now you just go quiet. I like, know, I always
3: do that at the end actually. I get a bit weird, like, you have to like, leave, have like, to like but like <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's my pleasure. It's my been pleasure. Been pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for hanging out. Everybody about. will forget everything else that I've said during the episode if I'm I like mean, if I'm like all quiet and I nice know, at the end. I know that
2: you were scheduled to be here anyway on this episode, but once again you've happened to fill in for Ben while he's away. Like he tends to go away when you're supposed to be here. What does that say, dude? I
3: know. And also,
2: you've travelled a long way to be here, so I really appreciate that. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, thanks to our players, Ben, of course, and Jarrett. Um, hoping they're having fun over there in New Zealand.
3: Fuck them! No, uh, fuck I off. Mean, yeah, well, that's what I really think. Oh but my god! Nah, nah <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But geez, I'm a bit jealous, though.
2: Me too. But they are working hard. Like, um, I think they've done two 16-day. You know, working yeah, yeah, but I'm Row. jealous of
3: that. Too. I love, I love. You love, working. I love it. No, yeah, I love a, I love a working trip. That's oh. true. And then, oh, I was a flight attendant okay. for twelve years. They're also They're
2: also working in the film
3: industry. Exactly. So, you know. I was a flight attendant for twelve years, and yeah, <laughs> like not getting to do film stuff.
2: Well, yes. Nah, love it. They deserve it. Kudos also to the Boneheads from the Bonehead Weekly Podcast, Joe, Chad and James. You can find their podcast wherever you find podcasts. Don't forget to visit our website, goodmoviemonday.com. Go and check that out. And support us. Always support us and drop us some comments. Like, believe it or not, comments you leave us that are, you know, good enough, we'll make it into the show. It helps shape the show. So, suggest some things you'd like us to talk about. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday night with Chloe for another Wednesday Up Late Podcast. But otherwise... We'll see you all again next week. Here's another song to take you out. Ciao. Bye.